Angie and Carly, two moms with two kids and two different types of cancer, lung and breast. They first met back in 2003 as AmeriCorps Promise Fellows in Boston, Massachusetts as struggling college graduates trying to find their way. Fast forward 16 years later, Angie's in Switzerland and Carly's in London, and they find their friendship reunited by cancer. Join these moms as they navigate through what it takes to heal themselves while raising kids in an expat world. You were at your, okay. I can't remember. Yes, we're, we're back on. Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, my gynecologist had asked me if I, if I wanted to do that, and I was just like, I was just still in shock, just complete shock. But, you know, I was just like, look, just get me on this pill as soon as possible. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about, you know, like saving my life. And I have, you know, two wonderful kids. So I'm just like, okay, you know, yeah, my family's, this is, this is, yeah, my family's complete. So, you know, yeah. but I mean, had it been, you know, had I not had kids, I would have definitely um, done your route, Jamie. I mean, because, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, this is like not the traditional way <laughs> I was planning mm -hmm. on things. But I've looked at things kind of like on the bright side. I've been kind of looking at yeah. it like, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means it's not going to happen the way I intended, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's coming to terms with like, are you more concerned about the process? Or are you concerned with mm -hmm. the outcome? And yeah. my, out, my idea is that I'm concerned with the outcome. Like, I, I wanted a, a baby or I want a baby. And so mm -hmm. doesn't matter what the process is to get it. You know the process. The, the end of the day, as long as I have a child, yeah, you know, no harm, no foul. So yeah. that's kind of how I've been looking at things because it doesn't mean yeah. this diagnosis doesn't mean I can't do the things I want to do. It just means it might look different than what I intended. That's yeah. all. But it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, and how's your partner been taking it? He's good. <laughs> he, I think mm -hmm. he's in denial. I honestly think he's in denial that I have it I, because, like, that you have what? That you have cancer. Yeah, yeah. Because, you're, because like, you look so good. You yeah. look at how I <laughs> so am good. what I'm doing. It's like how I am, what I'm doing. You know, I look, I look okay. So it's like I feel like to him, he's like, "You're fine." And then I got, I got a diagnosis from, or not diagnosis, but I had an appointment, and uh, the doctor was like, "I think I forget what he said." I f he was like, "You have fake cancer. It's not real. Everything is fine." I'm like. You could keep telling yourself that all you want, dear, but I'm like, but the reality is it's very real. And he's like, well, you know, like even this, we're, we were shopping for a home, you know, we bought our first home, which is great. And he's like, you know, this is great for our first home. And I'm like, mm. this is probably going to be my only home. Like, <laughs> what am I mm. talking about And he's just like, he's like, no, it's not like, mm. no, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like he's in denial a little bit. Mm. Um, which mm -hmm. is fine, you know, whatever helps you get yeah. through it, he has their way to cope and that's okay, you know, like, and I, I know he acknowledges it when he needs to acknowledge it, like, he's very adamant about me wearing a mask whenever I go out and, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be out somewhere and he's like, wear your mask in all caps, I'm like, relax, I have my mask on, like, everything is fine, mm -hmm. you know, so he's, Aww. yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's, he, I, I, the hard part for me was telling him that I had it, because remember, I shipped him off to Korea, um mm. right before I got my diagnosis you know everyone's like why didn't you tell him to stay and I'm like mm. it wasn't necessary you know I'm like it's gonna be hard yeah but I'd rather you go and finish your overseas tour and come back to me with no strings attached than mm. to cut your your cut your tour short or skip it all together and then they're sending you away two or three years later and now it's like when I actually do need you mm. you know you're gone 
you know? So, yeah. and my doctors told me, they were like, there's going to come a point where you feel like there's nothing wrong with you. Um, they're like, this medication is, is great at managing and treating, you know, the symptoms and the side effects of your cancer. He's like, it's going to feel like you're okay. And there's nothing wrong. So I was like, with that in my mind, I was <laughs> like, go finish what you have to do overseas. These next two, three months are going to be rough, mm-hmm. but you know, honestly, I'm distracted. So I won't notice that you're gone so much because <laughs> I'm kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you know, it, it it meant that he could finish out his tour and hopefully he's retiring in four years, God willing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, you know, he won't have to go anywhere for a long period of time again. He may go somewhere five months or something, but, you know, no place super long term, which is which is what I kind of was hoping for. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So now where are you now? Like in your... Um family planning or in your state? Same. (laughs) (laughs) I just have my eggs frozen. Um, We haven't really, we haven't really talked about it. Like, I think we're we're checking things off the list one at a time. Baby's coming up pretty soon, but you know, the first thing was, was me moving to Savannah. So that's a check. The next thing was getting a house. So that's a check. The next Mm -hmm. thing that we're working on now is the wedding, which is happening in October of this year. So that's Ah. a partial partial check. That's an in-process. And then I'm sure once that's done, the next checkbox will be, okay, what are we doing about this kid's situation? Um, So that's Mm. kind of like how we're we're working through things. Mm. Yeah. And that's... um... Yeah, that sounds great, actually. And it sounds like your partner is really supportive and he looks out for you and obviously is thinking with you as well. Um, so that's really nice, Angie, isn't it? Yeah, that's the great thing about, you know, the, the yeah. medication, like, you know, it allows mm-hmm. you to have like a, a normal life and, you know, you, you, it's like a silent disability almost, you know, like people yeah. don't even notice that it looks like, oh yeah, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't look like you have cancer. Like what? Like you? No. I'm like, what does mm-hmm. cancer people look like? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I mean, to focus on the bright side, so I am, um, I uh, am, you know, there's a charity in the UK because I'm, I'm, I'm based in London and um, it's called Mommy Star and it's sort of a charity that supports women from pregnancy and beyond. So some, some women, you know, they might've just found out they were pregnant and then they were diagnosed with cancer or maybe they were pregnant and then they might lose the baby or have a miscarriage or what have you and there is sort of there is help out there for you if you you know when you decide what you know what what you want to do and and what works for you and I I mean to give you hope I've heard of lots of stories where women have stopped taking their drugs for a period of time I'm obviously you make your own decisions obviously um I'm not I'm not a doctor or anything but going back, piggybacking piggybacking off of what you had said um you know some people had stopped taking um medication or taking a lower dose or what have you and went on to get pregnant and have children so I just want to I'm not saying I'm a doctor or anything or what have you or telling you what to do but I just want to instill some hope in you that you know there, there's always a way there is always a way um yeah. and you know in you know you have to choose what what works best for you guys and that's that's sort of the way forward um yeah. i think yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah and do you come across people something that i mean i used to work for a charity um with adopted and foster children and i and i sometimes i i had a miscarriage and at one point people would say to me, oh, you could have another baby or, oh, it'll be okay, blah, blah, blah. So you hear all these various comments. Do you ever get people saying, 
things that aren't necessarily not not so nice like oh you could adopt or oh you could have a foster yeah know, like people say you know why yeah why, so yeah, why so do you necessarily want it to be your own kid yeah. you know there are so many kids out there that need adoption and you know why and it's I mean, everything you don't want to hear because i to me those are very mean comments i'm gonna say that straight up <laughs> yeah and i've had i've had a few folks i actually have a stepdaughter like you know frank has kids uh, from a previous marriage but they're in germany you know, so even though I have the stepchildren, like a, a daughter and a son, they're over there. So I don't even really get to see them or, you know, interact with them or create the kind of relationship that I would like to create with them, you know, yeah. over here. Um, so that's, I mean, it's still hard, but I get people who are like, when are you going to have a baby? And I'm like, when my cancer hmm. is And they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. That'll shut you up. That'll shut you up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I found a quick yeah. way to shut people up. It's usually like, oh, well, when my cancer is gone, I'll be able to have a child. And they're like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're throwing your foot out of your mouth. You let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I, mean, I haven't had anybody really. There are people who are like, yeah, you can adopt, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm. I don't have anything against adoption. I think it's beautiful. I yeah. think all of that yeah. stuff is beautiful. But there's something to be said about having a child and bringing a child to term, you know, mm. on your foot, which, you know, there's nothing that people can take away from that. You know, like it, it's, it's just different. You know, it's different. Um, yeah. So that's something that I want to experience and that's something that I plan to experience. But if for whatever okay. reason I can't make that happen, I have no issues with adopting a child at all. Yeah. Like whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, so adoption is on the on the plate for me if if necessary. But you know, first choice would obviously be to find a way to have a baby my own way. Um, or yeah. maybe a surrogate, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah. And I think the important thing that you just sort of hit there is just having that choice. I think it's when when you heard and I think along the cancer journey and, and you can possibly relate Andy where you feel oftentimes like choices are taken away and it's how do you take control of those you know those potential choices and how do you you know so sort of move along the path and I think you're you're on the right path Jamie you've you've done what you need to do and you're you know you know what you need to do really so yeah. um but I think that's the hardest thing with cancer isn't it Andy the choice choice sort of areas yeah yeah I remember same similar to you Carly mm -hmm. like I had I had a miscarriage to uh, 2017 and um, you know, mm. when they you know, fast forward to when I'm like in the gynecologist's office and they're, you know, telling me um, if I mm. want to postpone treatment to, and you know, my thoughts like automatically went back to like that, um, mm. the, the mm -hmm. miscarriage and thinking like, oh, you know, like what could have been and you know, like where I would be right now and thinking like, oh my gosh, I would have like, had you know a, a one-year-old with this you know diag diagnosis or or whatever and mm -hmm. it's this thing like yeah, this choice you know yeah that's like you know mm. taken away from you and you and you and yeah like exactly what you said it's like you know you you feel like you feel powerless and you're like you know this isn't supposed to be happening like but like this is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, you don't, you don't like it's not fair <laughs> life's yeah. not yeah. fair type thing yeah yeah yeah, life is not. I mean, yeah, and I, I had my ovaries out because, you know, I had breast cancer. I had my ovaries out because of estrogen positive breast cancer. And up until up until before I had it, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. What have you? And then and then like two days, hopefully I won't cry when I'm talking about it. Sorry, people. But, you know, two days before I was like, oh, my gosh, it, I was in hysterics. I couldn't. My friends had planned a party for me. And I was like, I had to keep myself so busy because I couldn't go because I was just like so heartbroken. <laughs> and, it, 
and it's just I think it's sometimes it's some of those things that we just don't talk about but it does it, yeah. it hurts sometimes doesn't it it hurts yeah it hurts yeah I mean even yeah the normalization of just like women in general you know like all those things that we go through mm. and like I remember you know Meghan Markle talking about her miscarriage and you know how that was like a big thing because it's like yeah you know we we don't talk about we don't talk about these things um yeah and I think and I think that leads us into that in the, the next part of the discussion there is really where, where do we take this forward guys obviously there's lots of there's lots of heartache with cancer isn't there <laughs> we discovered that but where, where do we go moving forward how do we want to educate people about the issues that women face with fertility when it comes to cancer what, what's our what's our what do we want to say? What's the message we want to get out there? I think the first message I want to get out to folks is to get screened. Um, that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing. I think, you know, if you have lungs, you can get lung cancer. That's, you know, what we tell folks. And that's what the real, the true, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that it, yeah, look, it look doesn't discriminate. Diamond, screech. Like, it seems like every week we're hearing yeah. about somebody and specifically with lung cancer. And it's yep. always like, and they always find like in the late stage and it's just like, okay, this, this story, maybe because you know, we're, we're in it and you know, we, we hear about it all the time, but yeah, it's just like, this thing is happening to a lot more people than we think. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a lot of the issue comes with the screening behind it because they make it so difficult to get screened for lung cancer in the first place. Like you have mm -hmm. to have some astrological cosmic, you know, situation in the world that just aligns the right way for you to get a screening for lung cancer and it really doesn't need to be that complicated you know they need to make it open and active for everybody to and get not screened. just if you're or like, 50 and over yeah you start absolutely you know and it's it's I look at my own situation and I'm just like I would have never in my life been screened for lung cancer mm -hmm. for any reason whatsoever I am young yeah. I am active I have no history of cancer in my family I'm not a smoker and there's just no reason why they would screen me for it. So they're like, I was doomed from the beginning. Like I was never going to get this thing found out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's right. because they just don't, they don't talk about it and they don't publicize how important it is to get screened. Because if you get screened early enough for lung cancer, they can get it quickly yeah. and you, and you mm -hmm. can be okay. You know, it's the problem is, is that lung cancer goes so silent for so long that most people develop it at stage three, stage four. And it's like, yeah. well, damn, Do you know, like... Yeah. You know, so it's my my main takeaway from the show is always to tell people to get screened. You know, even if you're someone who used to smoke, someone who does smoke, someone who doesn't smoke, who just, you know, may have history of cancer, just mm. go get checked out and be adamant about it because they're going to give you flack for it. Yeah, just they're going to tell you no, they're going to tell you you don't need it and you have to push back. Yeah, you have to yeah. be an advocate for yourself because they're not going to do it for you. Um, now... In, in, the, in the UK, there's oftentimes you'll see posters and the doctors, the GP surgery, and it will say, if you've had a cough for three weeks, then come in and obviously you can get checked or what have you. And obviously I've had chest infections in my day and, and many other people have, and they, they brush you off, you know, onto the antibiotics or, you know, just wait it out, try this, try that. And by the time you actually get to the chest x-ray stage, it, yeah. it takes quite a while, actually. It does take quite a while, even though the posters are on the wall saying, you know, after three weeks, come in and we'll, you know, we'll check you out. So it's really just, um, you know, it's like a public service message that's not really heard, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, so definitely getting the awareness out about sort of lung cancer is definitely a must, I think. And I also think um, having sort of spoken more with Angie, it's it's more an issue with the funding as well, isn't it really? 
there's yeah, not much funding for it all because yeah. it's like okay smoking is mm-hmm. a factor in all cancers but it's the lung cancer that gets the you know short of shorten of the stick and it's like well you know for us it's like well y'all cause it you know you get doctors like um mm. you know, at a dentist who was just like oh did you start smoking at one years old so, you know how are you gonna you know that yeah. goes for, and it's like what well, it's not funny like I don't <laughs> no um, it's not funny yeah but yeah it's the stigma and it, it's really hard to get rid of this stigma that you know you you caused it yeah yeah, absolutely. And the other uh, the other takeaway message I would say from this is that, you know, like I said earlier in the show, just mm-hmm. because you have a diagnosis, it doesn't mean that you can't do what you want to do. It just mm-hmm. means that it may have to look a little bit different than what you expected. So you have to really come to terms with, are you more concerned about the process of what you want or are you more concerned with the outcome? And if you're more concerned with the outcome, then this is just an obstacle in the way that you can get around and get over to get to your point. If you're more concerned with the process, then you have to really take a hard look at what it is that you want to do and find alternative ways to make it happen, you know, but just be okay with mm. the fact that it may not look like what you want it to look like, you know, like I think 2020 has taught that to a lot of us, you know, folks yeah. that are, who wanted to graduate from college, high school, who wanted to go on vacations, who wanted to get married, who wanted to, you know, have birthday parties or, you know, just do any multitude of things, you know, it's, it's, there's ways to do it. You just, it may not mm. look like what you wanted it to. You know, so it's just be more concerned about the end, you know, the the actual mm-hmm. final product more so than the process. And you'll be okay with what's going on. Yeah, what's her name? Gabrielle Bernstein. She says um, in like a ton of her books, you know, like you being open to creative solutions. And yeah. basically mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is, you know, like creatively finding, well, no, not even you finding it, just like being open to it. And then just, you know, letting, letting it, and letting it happen because you know absolutely yeah because yeah. yeah that's one thing we've learned from I think from all of our journeys is just like life is just completely unexpected um right you know it's this is not the script that I think any of us would have written for ourselves right yeah but we find ourselves here and it's just like okay so you know now what how do you how do you deal how do you become that like, you know, that outlier, the one who beats the odds, the one who, you know, who goes against the statistics and, and all of this. And it's, it's really like yeah. a mind over matter kind of thing at, at, at one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's a good takeaway message. I think probably for me, it's just looking at the, you know, um, looking at life differently, I suppose. So more, I'm trying to focus more on living in the moment and that sort of thing, like with mindfulness or what have you. And actually just sort of doing, I guess you could say. So I'm always doing something, um, <laughs> but really focusing on what I'm doing and not just multitasking and doing lots of many, you know, many things at one time, but actually just focusing on what I'm doing and kind of living in the moment. And then also just taking a look at um, kind of what sort of Jamie was saying about the end result or what have you. So not really focusing so much on the process and, and the journey and that sort of things, but just really looking at how far you've come, how far you want to be and kind of just to really keep it going, just keep it going. You know, it doesn't have to be, I think what you always have said, Angie, is, you know, cancer isn't a sentence or no, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's it's a word, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a word, not a sentence. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but it's, um, 
you know, looking at it from like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, you know, and just kind of keep going. And I think sometimes that does, you know, get challenging, but with mindfulness, um, yeah, it's a bit easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, how, do you, how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you like in your days? I mean, yeah, you know, you look great and, you know, you're active, <laughs> yeah. stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's still like shit. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, shit. I'm sorry. This is, this is a, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could swear or not. I spelled yeah. it out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> what are your creative outlets? What do you do to keep, obviously you've got your radio station. What are your creative outlets? What do you, yeah. what's your flow? <laughs> You know what? I just, I like to keep things in perspective, to be honest with you. You know, like a lot of these, mm -hmm. I'm in, you see a lot of people that are going through things that are way worse than what you have. And you, you know, you just, you're grateful for, for the walk that you're on. And so I find myself thanking mm -hmm. the Lord for the walk that I'm on more than anything else. Like, thank you for, for letting this be my journey and, you know, and, and grateful for what I have. But also I like to, I like to play pool. So that's a way I blow okay. up. Um, you know, I, I enjoy being home now. Like now that we got this new house, I'm just like, oh, I'm about to be in the house. Like, you can't go anywhere <laughs> anyway with Corona. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I mean, really like, radio station keeps me busy. Playing pool keeps me busy. I actually play on a team, uh, where okay. regularly I go out and actually play, um, you know, with a mask and socially distanced, of course. Um, <laughs> mm. I love movies. And, and really just watching new movies and, and watching new TV shows and stuff like that. I just got a popcorn maker so I could bring the movies to me. You do puzzles, really, right? I do. I do jigsaw puzzles a lot. Um, I haven't done one okay. in a long time just because I've been super busy lately. But yeah, I do jigsaw mm. puzzles a lot. And really, I just try to enjoy, like you, know, like you said, Carly, I try to live in the moment a little bit and just enjoy mm. where I'm at and what I'm doing, you know, so... Yeah. It's, I'm also extremely busy. So <laughs> a lot of that yeah. takes up my time working full time, running the radio station, wedding planning, um, all that stuff. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. How are you and, planning a wedding in, in during COVID times? How was, how was that? Yeah. How's that coming? That's tricky. It's hard, you know, it's hard, mm. but it also is good because I could easily invite 200 people on my side. Yeah. <laughs> Because I have network connections just through the radio station. I grew up in Massachusetts. I lived in New York. I lived in Philly. So like yeah. I have all of these people from all over the place that are like, oh, Jamie's getting married. I want to go to that wedding, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I had to cut it down. I had to chop it big time. And so it made it mm -hmm. a lot easier because I'm like, now I can, number one, I can save a little bit of money because I can only have yeah. a certain <laughs> And I've got a logical excuse like, oh, COVID, sorry. Yeah. I can only invite yeah. so people. Um, oh, yeah. So it's a blessing in disguise, honestly, because it's helped me cut down my guest list quite a bit and, and make it into mm. a, Zoom, a Zoom invite for folks. Um, so that's kind of how it's going. But yeah, it's going to be a smaller ceremony um, out here in Savannah. I'm actually already married on paper. So okay. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool things cool. again you know didn't look like what I wanted it to look like when I first got married of course so but more concerned with the end process and not the journey yeah um, yeah okay yeah but I still want my ceremony because I've been planning my wedding since I was like eight so <laughs> yeah I need, yeah I need the ceremony <laughs> yeah good. yeah yeah um, and there's some things you can actually get, negotiate on some things we just can't right <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so but I mean it's it's interesting it's it's kind of like you know I I'm able to 
plan and and take things a little bit kind of slow um, because I had such a window. So I wasn't super stressed out about it. Now it's coming up quickly. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to like mm. get on that now. Mm. Um, but honestly, I'm not that stressed about it because I, like I said, I've been planning my wedding for years mentally in my head. I just needed the groom to be standing there next to me. Yeah. Um, you just show up for your friends. Yeah, like I had to, don't worry about it. Like I was like, all I need really is your guest list and their addresses. I can handle the rest. I already know what I want. how it needs to go down. Like, um, so it's, it's all been kind of a process, but you know, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. And then, so yeah, you, you owning a radio station and sure you know mm. music a lot Carly and I you know we always ask our guests what yeah. <laughs> what's the uh, what what's on your playlist your oh, music playlist. yeah so I have a lot of like really chill songs on my playlist like I've been listening to like a lot of Snow Allegra um oh, okay. I've been Anderson Pack is somebody else that I'm oh, like absolutely obsessed with <laughs> um I have a lot of a lot of that on my playlist actually but really I, I'd have to get my whole iPod out and take a look but most of the things I'm listening to is a lot of like lo-fi hip-hop beats because that's kind of stuff that like I'm like I said I'm constantly busy so I listen to a lot of lo-fi hip-hop stuff like if you've ever been on YouTube and you listen and you go and look up chill hop, um, chill hop. It's, okay. like, it's really I promise you it's really good stuff like it's good background mental music it's like hip-hop jazz mm. where like it's okay. good for being creative. It's good for getting work done. It's good to like just chill too and stuff like that. Um, but I find that that like really helps me get my productivity kind of up and going. So I've been listening to a lot of that kind of stuff. And those are all different types of artists. Like they're crazy named and all that. So I can't really give you those. But mainstream artists, Snow Allegra, Wale, J. Cole, Anderson Pack, um, you know, those are my, my go-tos. <laughs> mm, yes, and some others. But yeah, check those out then. Um, you said you said it was called Chill Pop, is that right? Chill Pop, pop. Chill, chill Hop, like chill, hip -hop, chill, hop, chill, yeah. Hop. Yeah. chill Hop, yeah, Chill Hop, yeah. Oh, that I sounds good. Actually, yeah, you'll go down a rabbit hole in there and you'll be like, oh, and they have like different, they'll have like rainy day moods or like you know, spring, summer, fall, winter type <laughs> moods. It's good, it's really good music, I promise. So, that does sound good actually, doesn't it, Angie? Have you listened yeah. to Chill Hop? No, or? this is the first time I feel like no. a grandma. I'm like, me <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm telling you, I promise you, you won't regret it. If you listen to it, you're going to be like, oh, this is kind of, this is it. And there's like a live playlist. So it's 24 seven, like constant wow. music. Yeah. So you can like put it on and let it play on YouTube on your TV or something yeah. in the background. And it'll always be like just shuffling through new music. Okay. So. Is there any sort of music that you listen to when you need to sort of get yourself pumped up? Like if you're having a, a bad day or you, I don't know, on, on a different treatment scheme or anything that you felt that resonated along the journey specifically? Um, you know, for me, it's like Wu-Tang Clan. That's my like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything stand out like that? Or uh, let me think, let me think. Or like think, a, your go-to song. Do you have like a go-to song that, you know, you're just like, you're too yeah. like this my is my. <laughs> you guys are putting me on the spot. I don't have my iPod next to me. I need it. Like that's I know, I'm totally on the spot. Um, if you, if you, we can you can always come back to us on that. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I have to come back to you guys. Like I, I hate it when folks ask me what my favorite song is. I'm like, I have a radio station. I can't have a favorite song. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Like I mean, yeah, favorite song is actually quite different. I mean, and Angie actually asked me that today, didn't you, Angie? Yeah, I did. <laughs> she, she, oh. Right away. But I was wondering. <laughs> 
Why did you ask me that though? Why did you ask? <laughs> you'll, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'll see. I suppose. Yeah. I was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> but I will see. Um. But yeah. Actually. Yeah. Asking about our music is. I mean, music that people listen to is just one of the things that we ask. Because, well, one I think in song, but I think it's just one of those things. It's one of those creative outlets, really. Music. I mean, you run a radio station, so you've got a lot of creativity, um, going on there. I think. Um. And yeah, and you, you also, yeah, like you, said, you you do interviews like every every Sunday or every what is it every? So <laughs> I have gotten a little bogged down in the day to day operations mm. of the radio station. I haven't done my show in a while, uh, but I usually okay, do yeah. every Saturday. Oh um, yeah, Saturday and Wednesdays. My Wednesday show was on hiatus. We're getting ready to come back. Uh, we're like rebranding, mm. remarketing, and all that. Uh, okay. My Saturday show. My Saturday show is kind of like standard. It's been the same since I started, and that's the one that that Angie that's was on I was with on? me a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that one is, you know, that one I do when I have the time and when I have the guests. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not actively out searching for guests to be honest with you, because I I really need a producer for that show. If we're being honest, um, somebody mm-hmm. who goes out and finds me people, and then I'm like, all right, give me their research, and then I'll I'll interview them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, because it's like I, the amount of time it takes to find a guest, research that guest, pull the show together, and then edit it when it's all said and done. I'm like, I got to actually run the station. I don't have time <laughs> to do all of yeah. that. Yeah. It. So it gets to be a little bit much. Um, but my show is every usually every Saturday at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of play replays. I have over 120 episodes that I've done. So I have plenty of stuff to shuffle through as replay. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's it's kind of how it goes right now. Okay, it's cool, cool. I mean, one of the things about and Andy and I is we're pretty amateur, aren't we, Angie? I mean, yeah. I call myself a tech grandma, although I've learned a lot about tech. But we don't edit too much, so don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. we well, just going to require some. <laughs> yeah, we just do it. You know, we just go. We're learning as we go along, and you know, we're just trying to. Yeah, be, yeah. You know, just trying to. We're just yeah advocate get the word out you know have amazing guests on our show and like jamie yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and just get the word out and go from there really um yeah yeah. well Well, thanks yeah thank you so much for agreeing to be on our show absolutely thank (laughs) you guys for having me anytime i love coming on shows and talking to folks (laughs) yeah 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 and um where can people find you then jamie i think you said in the beginning but in case they want to catch it at the end where can people find you so you can check out the radio station. Uh, it's at WJMS Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. We're WJMSRadio.com. If you're interested in me personally, you can find me on Instagram at just underscore jams or Jamie Jam on Facebook. Um, those are basically my two my two go-to spots. Or if you're if you dig deep enough into WJMS, you'll find me. So <laughs> I'm linked in there <laughs> from time to time. So yeah, those are those those are the go-tos for folks to get a hold of me. Okay. Yeah, cool. So there's um, there you have it, folks. That's how you can get in touch with Jamie at Just Jams, all her radio station stuff. We'll we'll obviously put your details in our yeah. in our podcast notes as well, our show notes, so people can find you. And obviously, if, if you have any questions, you can just send us a message as well, and um, we'll hopefully get back to you. Cool. Yeah, we'll get back. Oh, it's nice to have you on the show, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Thank cool. you. It was nice <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see you later. Bye. All right. I'll see you guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>
It ain't easy for us, and we hope you never join our cancer team. Know what we mean? But if you or yours do, we're here for you. So check yourself and be the best version of you. It's all you can do. Bye, Angie. That that wasn't too bad, actually.